You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, we're back on the Oz Network for a non-Oscar-related movie review. Um, and our first proper Marvel review since Thor Ragnarok, which I guess was the last Marvel movie we had. Uh, we're getting excited here leading up to Infinity War, so we thought we would cover Black Panther, a movie that uh, has blown away opening weekend grosses for everything, including Star Wars. And I'm not quite sure how I feel about it, so we'll have to see how this episode goes. Uh, but my name is Colin, and I have nothing to say because this was a humorless movie without any funny lines to repeat in this opening introduction. <laughs> Remind me to say something about that in a second based on a headline that I just read in the lead up to this. Uh, my name is Ben, and if you say one more word, I'll feed you to my children. Oh, that's right. There wasn't one funny line in the movie. Yes. I heard three people laughing. <laughs> uh, I don't want people to think this is a judgment on the movie as a whole. Um, I have other judgments I'm going to make on it. But this movie, we got to be really touchy on this one, don't we? <laughs> well, do we? Um, like, in, I know what you're uh, saying, but like, I've got something I, yeah. You're scared when I yeah, say, I mean, I've got something I want to say on that. Like, oh, God, here we go. I would like to talk about race relations for a second. <laughs> the racial relation expert on uh, the Oz Network, Ben Waterworth, wants to have a say. <laughs> uh, look, I, I, I'm going to reserve some of my opinions for later on because you kind of have to talk about bits and pieces of this movie to uh, really understand what my opinion is on it. But just really briefly, all I can say is I, mean, I was very excited about this movie. I don't know if some of it is... Uh, just extremely high expectations, but I found myself like really let down by this movie. And I know everybody listening to this right now is going to hate me because they've been told you have to like Black Panther. This movie's revolutionary, and and I think it is in certain ways. But overall, as a movie, I mean, I, I was kind of bored for two hours straight last night watching this. What about you? Yeah, I'm glad that you have that opinion because um, <laughs> I'm just going to say this right now. And a lot of people ask me, oh, what did you think of Black Panther? I think there's one word that I can summarize Black Panther with, overrated. Um, I mean, yeah. I did not dislike this film. I did not mm-hmm. dislike it. But I just don't think, like, I think a lot of why people are saying this film is so amazing is because of the issues that basically people are saying that makes it so unique. And I'm not saying that's yeah. not a thing. But I just want to pose this question out there, and I really want to hope that people can take this in the way I'm trying to make this. If this movie was just an entirely a, a white cast, um, and it was just, you know, I guess what Hollywood is generally pumped out, and, you know, this is... I guess it's good to have that conversation about what make this movie groundbreaking in aspects is because of the cast and, you know, what it is said around. But just, just take it out of that, and just imagine if this was an entirely white cast... Uh, based around kind of what we're used to seeing, would it be seen as as good as it is? And I just don't think it would be. And I, I don't know. I'm not trying to be racist or, you know, take that in the way it is. I think, Colin, you know what I'm trying to say. I hope people know yeah. what I'm trying to say. But I just feel well, as though that if that wasn't a thing around it, this movie would just be seen as an average movie. Look, I'm, there's going to be a lot of good things I'll have to say about this movie same, over same. the next little while. But I completely understand what you're saying because... They did make this exact same movie with an all-white cast uh, about a son who was returning to his kingdom to reclaim the throne. He was challenged for the throne by a long-lost relative. Um, it was a kingdom that was isolated from the rest of the world, very technologically advanced. 
you know, you throw that in with, the, are we going to share this technology? The movie was called Thor, <laughs> and it wasn't a good movie. Hey, um, I like the first I, Thor. Well, yeah, that's 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 a Ben thing to like. But, <laughs> Hashtag but Ben. I think things. this. Yeah, Ben. That's a Ben thing. Yeah. But I mean, I think this is a superior movie to Thor. I enjoyed it more than Thor, but I found so many similarities to it. Just that I think this movie had a lot of potential. The weirdest comparison I'll make is that this movie feels like Avatar in 2009 to me. Like it's coming out. Yes, it is revolutionary. You haven't seen a movie like this before. I think you probably have, but just the fact that it is an all black cast, you know, a black writer and director, you know, the crew, everything. And it's a superhero movie. I mean, there are people out there who are identifying with this thing. I have never seen a movie that I can identify with the superhero this way. We saw that with Wonder Woman last year. It's the mm-hmm. same type of reaction. Um, I think the difference is the reason I compare this to Avatar is that when I saw Avatar, I remember thinking, it's all right. But 10 years from now, nobody's going to be looking back on Avatar saying, that's one of the greatest movies ever made. They're going to be like, that's kind of an average movie and it's been surpassed now. And that's the way I feel about this. I feel like this movie's opening up the door for more interesting movies that are going to come after it. But 10 years from now, I don't feel like a lot of people are going to be looking back on Black Panther with the same praise they have right now. It's just a lot of it is just, well, I haven't seen this before. It is revolutionary, but is it great? Maybe not. I completely agree with everything you said. And I think the comparison to Wonder Woman's a good point too, because I, I feel as though Wonder Woman did it better because I feel as though Wonder Woman doesn't shove it down your throat as much as this movie does. And mm. it's just, again, I, I feel like we're starting off so negatively with this. I still enjoyed this film. Um, it, it's also a case of just, if I'm taking it out of everything that we're saying right now, as a Marvel film and as a, as a standalone sort of origin story of a, of a superhero, I, I just felt not interested in his backstory because I, I kind of felt that, like, there wasn't a whole lot to it like we get with a lot of the other backstories with these characters. Um, so there's a whole lot of that to it as well. I mean, visually, this film looks fantastic. You know, acting-wise, you know, there's some great acting in this film. Uh, there's some, there is at least one character who I really, really enjoyed. Uh, I'm not to say I didn't enjoy any of the other characters, um, but, you know, I, and I also feel like it doesn't really add a whole lot to the MCU compared to some of the other films. Like, this is really, like, I've said this about a few of the Marvel films, I feel, but I feel like this is one that you could just really just watch and not have it add to anything in the entire, you know, what's going to happen in the Avengers and things like this. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's kind of interesting because I honestly thought watching this, and I think this a lot maybe when I see films and I haven't, you haven't seen them yet or anything like that, that, oh, Colin's going to love this and I'm going to be talked <laughs> down. But, um, yeah. Well, the one thing I am going to disagree with you with is, I- what I did like coming out of this is not that I love the movie. I actually kind of walked out of this thinking, I really wish that there had been more to it. But I can see the setup for where this is going to go in Infinity War or Infinity Gauntlet or whatever. The fourth part's going to be following that. And just that this is this extremely technologically advanced society that's been hidden from the world for so long. How are we going to fight Thanos and you know uh, his armies and everything like that? It's all going to come down to Wakanda and, and that they are we, – we get kind of by the end of this movie. A lot of the, the plot, I felt it was maybe not showcased enough in this movie, but part of this plot is about should we be sharing our technology with the world? You know, Does the world deserve 
to have a lot of these advancements or should we just be hoarding it for ourselves? And then when we get to Infinity War, I feel like the way we're going to be able to fight back is because we have some of this technology, like they're willing to share it maybe going forward. That I can see really working in Infinity War. But in this movie, and this is kind of my problem, I'm not the hugest Black Panther fan as far as the comic goes. Um, there's two runs of Black Panther, which I read a little bit of. The, the one that was in the late 90s is the one I remember a little bit more fondly. Uh, and then there was the one that was relaunched a few years ago, which I feel was more similar to this movie. It had a lot more to do with Wakanda, about all these tribes and everything in this isolated world. And what I liked in the 90s one, and maybe I'm just remembering it wrong, was that it, it was a lot more political. It was about how does this influence the outside world? And we got a little bit of that in this movie, but I kind of, that's what I would have wanted more of. And, and I loved Black Panther. Uh, or T'Challa in Civil War. He was probably my yeah. favorite thing in Civil War. Uh, and what I've seen of Infinity War, I think he looks great too, but that's the movie that I want to see. And when you said, you know, this isn't that interesting of an origin story, that's kind of true because we got half of his origin story in Civil War already. Yeah. And I feel like had we maybe reserved that for this movie, we could have had this 50%, you know, Wakandan culture movie and all these tribes and 50% what's going on in the outside world and the father and everything and the politics involved, that's the movie that I think I really wanted to see. And that's the Black Panther I remember from the comics being more of a political story. I don't think we got enough of that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, you know, me, I don't read, so I don't know any of that. But, um, yeah, I, I think kind of it's a good point you make about the Civil War side of things. I mean, have we really had, uh, what, Spider-Man maybe was the only one we sort of had introduced and it was in the same movie, wasn't it? in the, mm-hmm. that aspect before we got the origin one. I mean, it's kind of, we've talked about a lot of that in the DC ones that obviously they do that more so that way. And then you get an origin film, uh, cause you know, we've only had what Superman and not really even a Batman film. So we haven't had those. We've had Wonder Woman. We haven't had our Aquaman yet or our cyborg or our flash one yet. Whereas kind of the Marvel ones do it differently that we generally get their origin story before we see them team up with anyone else. So yeah, that's where maybe I was slightly underwhelmed with this. And I think Spider-Man can get away with it because we've had 300 Spider-Man films in the last 15 years. Everyone's familiar with his backstories. So we don't need to see it. Whereas this one, I know nothing about Black Panther. So it kind of done, didn't intrigue me as much because, as you said, we kind of got how he became Black Panther in Civil War. Um, mm-hmm. And it was great to see Wakanda and, you know, this great, you know, society and all this sort of stuff. And it was interesting to kind of, you know, think about this. And, I, I mean, I did enjoy almost these political elements about, like, should we be sharing it with the world and should, you know, this and should we help protect people? I mean, I kind of liked that element to it. But um, as just a backstory from a from an MCU standpoint, it just it wasn't engaging as, as some of the other ones, like... I'd never knew anything about Ant-Man or Doctor Strange before seeing those films, just like Black Panther, but I thoroughly enjoyed those films, and they were fun, and, you know, they're my top two on my on my rankings list. So, um, yeah. I just feel that if maybe if we hadn't seen Black Panther in Civil War, or they did this before Civil War, I reckon it might have been a different, different thought process. Let's talk about some of the good stuff, because I will have a few more bad things that I didn't like uh, later on, but I want to talk a little bit good here. Uh, because there were some good things in this movie. And I, I have some disagreements about the visual look of the movie that I felt was just repetitive. Uh, but you mentioned there's at least one character you really loved in this movie. I'm just interested to see if it's the same one that I love. So which character was it that you really liked in this? I, uh, I really, really liked, uh, uh, Andy Serkis' character. Um, is oh, it okay. U- Ulyss- Ulysses? How do you say his name? Ulysses, yeah. Ulysses. Ulysses Claus. Yeah, I just, I just, I just loved his, you know, I, I love a good bad guy, and I know he's not the bad bad guy, 
But there's just, I mean, we can't really talk about it in terms of spoilers, but there was just like one scene with him and I just, oh, I just loved it so much and I just really, really enjoyed it. And he's I mean, better than Snoke. Like, I, I want yeah. Ulysses to replace Snoke. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed him, uh, in this film. And, and you know, I'm going to like Angela Bassett, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's probably my favorite and everyone's going, oh, you're racist, Ben. Of course, you only like the one white person in this film and, <laughs> you know, talk everyone else down. It's not that. Well, I just, I, I just enjoyed his character. I just thought he was a fun character. He's not my favorite character in the movie, but, um, just in defense of as to why he works, I think it's one of the same reasons that the villain Killmonger works a little bit too. Uh, and even Martin Freeman, um, who plays the CIA agent Everett Ross in this, is just they're, they're coming from the outside and there's not as much competition. I feel like the one thing that really took away from T'Challa as a character in this was just he's surrounded by so many characters. And there are good characters he's surrounded by, but there's almost too many characters in this movie. Uh, and it's, it's a similar complaint I had to Civil War that you just had way too many characters. Iron Man 2 is another one. When you have so many characters, nobody really gets to stand out. And the one character that I really love, though, is one of the ones that was most associated with Black Panther, and that's his sister. Um, mm. uh, what's the character's name? Uh, Shuri. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, to me, she was the star of the movie. And I felt like they gave her so much more personality. And I understand that T'Challa is not like this big charismatic you know funny personality he has his moments he's more of a serious character he's almost like shakespearean but i thought like she was just like the humor of the movie um she had you know so much more charisma she had better gimmicks she was sort of like the gadget girl she was the cue of this movie she had some cool fight scenes in the end she stole the movie for me yeah I, no i i enjoyed her she was yeah definitely probably my second favorite she's only meant to be 16 years old according to what i'm reading here i uh, didn't know that oh, i really? Um, but yeah, no, you're right. She was hilarious. Like the, uh, what the inauguration scene when he's being the king and just what she yeah. says at that point. Um, and yeah, just uh, so many different lines. She's, I definitely agree with you. I really enjoyed her. Um, and also the, uh, the, the guard, the warrior guard woman. Um, the, oh yeah. Yeah, her. Um, you know what yeah, I'm talking about. The warrior guard woman. Her. Yeah, her. That one. A koi? Is that, is that her name? Um, yeah, I, I, I really You're enjoy- talking with the bald one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and that's a shot. Yeah. Ben's liking a short haired uh, woman, so there yeah. you go. Something something's <laughs> no happening hair. here. Um and but no, I also like I mean, again, not to take away from anyone else in this film, I mean I, I did like Killmonger. I, I thought of you know, I liked his his character. Uh and even T'Challa, like, you know, I mean, as you said, he's kind of he's, he's serious, he's not really that funny, but um I actually learnt uh, about Chadwick Boseman that his very first acting role was in Third Watch. So um I have, have you bit... covered the episode yet? No, no, we're a few seasons away from it. It's a season 5 episode, huh. but um cuz somebody actually messaged me on the Oz network, uh hello, I don't have your name with me at the moment to point out that there was an article in a magazine in America where they're like who is Chadwick Boseman? And they're like got his TV acting debut in Third Watch. Um, and then, like, they went back and found it and sent me a screenshot. And as soon as they sent it to me, like, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, wasn't a standout character, but I know what scene it's in. So, um, yeah, third watch connection, Chadwick Boseman, <laughs> Black Panther. Um, well, another funny thing here, and I only found this out, you know, just before the movie came out. Uh, Chad, I was a huge fan of Chadwick Boseman before this movie came out. Um, most people say, you know, the Jackie Robinson movie 42, which I thought he was great in also. Um, but uh, he had a small role in the movie Draft Day, uh, which was the sports movie that Kevin Costner, Jennifer Garner, Tom Welling, a lot of people were in. 
And Wait, hang on, he hang was on, just hang on. amazing. Sorry to interrupt you, Colin. Tom Welling was in something else besides Smallville. This is oh, news yeah. to and, me. <laughs> get the cast of this movie. You want to talk about like, any everybody who has ever been in a superhero movie? You got Kevin Costner, Jennifer Garner, Frank Langella, uh, Tom Welling. Chadwick Boseman, uh, the other main football player that's all about drafting, is the guy who played the young Ra's al Ghul. Like, <laughs> Dennis Leary isn't... Dennis, Dennis Leary! Leary? <laughs> Every single actor in Draft Day came from um, a superhero movie, including the one guy who's on the Arrow TV shows even in it. So wow. there's a movie you got to cover. Uh, but... Um, I loved him in that movie, but one of his other first acting roles was on the soap opera All My Children, ah. player, playing a character named uh, Reggie Porter, ah, who Reggie. he was repl- he was replaced on All My Children by Michael B. Jordan, who plays ah. Killmonger in this movie. So the two stars of this movie played the same character on All My Children. We got to do an All My Children Oz, oh. just in honor of these two men. Can we? Can we? Um, I'm also noticing here, actually, he was in uh, Persons Unknown, which um, I watched because Jason Wiles, Bosco, a.k.a. from Third Watch, my favorite character, He, I only watched Persons Unknown purely because he was the star of that show. And it was kind of like on the same vein of like an under the dome sort of show where like they're basically, they all wake up in a hotel, these bunch of, Alan Ruck's in it as well. Um, and they're basically, they don't know why they're there. They're in this town. It's been monitored by people and they've got to try and get out. Uh, it started off so well. It was so good. And then about halfway point of the season, it just turned to shit and then it ended terribly and they never brought it back again. But, uh, at least for the first like four or five episodes, it's a fantastic show, but, uh, I haven't watched it in a while, but, Chadwick Boseman acted alongside Jason Wiles, so there you go. <laughs> we should give him some credit. Like, I don't feel like he has uh, enough to do in this movie. There's a whole section in this movie, especially in the last act, where he's just gone. And I think that's one of the things that hurts the movie, because this movie's getting a lot of praise for the supporting cast, but not as much praise for him. I'm sure there's going to be people out there saying, well, he was great as Black Panther. Yeah, but the majority of the praise for this movie is among the supporting cast, and I feel like Maybe had he been more of the focal point of this movie, uh, we'd be talking about him more. But because he is such an amazing actor, I mean, he even played James Brown, like in Get On Up. I mean, the, the guy's on the verge of becoming like a huge superstar. Uh, some of the other actors in this movie, though, I mean, it, it has such a huge cast. Lapita Nyong'o, mm-hmm. uh, who's playing like I guess the love interest in this movie, or former love interest, Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, who plays, I don't know if you'd call him a henchman in this movie or whatever. He's nominated for an Academy Award this year for Get Out. Uh, you know, a lot of big up and coming stars in this movie, but Michael B. Jordan's the one I want to talk about because you mentioned Killmonger and I, I heard so much praise going into this for Michael B. Jordan, uh, and for Killmonger's villain. Now I will say this. He is probably one of the top five Marvel villains we've ever seen. Having said that, Marvel movies are not known for great villains. In fact, they're kind of known for really terrible villains. Uh, you have the odd good one, like Red Skull was really good. Um, I can't even remember the name of the character, but Mads Mikkelsen in Doctor Strange was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Bridges, maybe in the first Iron Man. I think he stands out compared to those other villains, and I think his character is more interesting than what they give him to do in this movie, because it's such a great idea that his character is this, you know, maybe relative, somebody who could challenge for the throne of Wakanda, but he's grown up in America. He's sort of like, you know, uh, the son of uh, a sleeper agent that they had. Uh, and he's a bit of like, uh, I, I guess, uh, uh, a criminal on the outside, you know, stealing things like heist. It was such an interesting idea. And I just, I don't know, I'm a huge, huge, huge Michael B. Jordan fan. Um, the movie Creed, which, of course, Ryan Coogler, who directed this, did before this. Like, right, 
uh, Michael B. Jordan's amazing in that. Uh, Chronicle, which is one of the best non like Marvel or DC superhero movies, just an original superhero movie, great. Uh, but the TV show Friday Night Lights, which I've talked about in a couple other things here, uh, he really made that show in the last two seasons. And I had such high hopes for him in this movie. And I don't know if maybe it's because he doesn't do, he's almost non-existent for the first hour of the movie. But I found there was something kind of flat about his acting uh, in the later moments of this, like when he is really challenging T'Challa, where I didn't love him as much as I thought I would. I just, I, I probably enjoyed him a bit more than you, and I can see what you're saying, but it's just, it's kind of weird how he does disappear for a large portion of this film. Um, and like you mentioned before about how you said like you were maybe like a bit bored in it. Um I kind of was too. I like. I was pretty tired on the day I saw this film. Uh, and but there were portions of this movie where I legitimately was like trying not to fall asleep. And I don't fall asleep in movies. Like I'm, I'm not my dad. So I was like, what's going on here? What's going on here? But yeah, I mean, I can see what you're saying. I, I think like there was definitely a few scenes with him in it though. Like uh, the the museum scene when he we first see him. Like yeah. I think he was great in that. Uh, the the scene sort of at the end. Uh, what is it like on the subway sort of area, whatever it is. Um, you know, I, I really, you know, enjoyed that. But, um, I mean, I think kind of everyone's sort of praising this as a unique sort of story from Marvel's perspective and all this sort of stuff. And, like, you made some good comparisons there with, like, Thor and, uh, you know, I know Avatar's not a Marvel film. But, um, yeah, and it's just, I just felt that, like, as good as his story was with kind of how he plays into it, um, you know, and everything with T'Challa, it's, there was a lot of that was, that was underwhelming to me. It was just mainly just a story. But, uh, I mean, you can't deny that, you know, uh, Michael B. Jordan and Chadwick Boseman have great chemistry. As you said, they, uh, yeah. you know, obviously have, you know, history together. Uh, but I, I'm just always a fan <laughs> of Michael B. Jordan in the fact that he has to put the B in his name. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Michael Jordan in Black Panther. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's going to sell things or people just think back to Space Jam. Like, oh, okay. No, maybe they need to redo that. Michael B. Jordan, Bugs Bunny, Space Jam. <laughs> Why couldn't he be cast in Space Jam too? Well, he could have been. Who knows? He could have played Bugs Bunny. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Um, but he, because he was, um, I haven't seen the ridiculously bad Fantastic Four from a few years ago. Oh. But wasn't he in that? Wasn't he one of the? Yeah, he was the Human Torch. Right. Okay. And talk about a movie that had like, and this is where I'll say like, it's not that Black Panther's a bad movie. There are bad superhero movies out there. Fantastic Four had an amazing cast. Uh, you had like Kate Mara in it. You had oh, Jamie Bell. You had Miles Teller. You had uh, Michael B. Jordan, and it was it was just oh, all kinds of horrible. Like th- there is no way to describe how bad that movie was. So I feel like this is redemption for him. But I mean, of the three superhero movies he's done, I would still say the movie I enjoyed the most, and the one I enjoyed him the most in was Chronicle, which was just an original movie. I mean, it's like a found footage. It's the paranormal activity of superhero movies. And yet I thought that he probably had more uh, to do. He was more likable in that movie. There was more personality. And it's not a knock on his character. I think the character is fantastic here. It's such a great idea. And it's one of the political things. We won't talk too much about it, that this movie really has going for it. Just this idea that, uh, you know, there are people who are saying, well, my job is to protect my country. And then there's other people saying, no, your job is to help others like us in the world who really need this technology and need this help. Like, he's not a villain. He has a purpose to him. Um, it's just, I felt like his performance maybe could have been bigger. We could have seen more of it. Or maybe a little bit more action. Because uh, here comes my real criticism of the movie. For the guy who directed Creed, the movie that revived the Rocky series with incredible fight scenes, 
to have fight scenes in this movie that are so flat. I was just so disappointed. Like Ryan Coogler is an amazing director and he just made a few like really huge errors in how he filmed the action in this. That's the biggest mistake he made is that we really only have maybe two big action scenes with uh, Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther in this movie. He's in the full costume, both of which take place in the pitch black. Now you have costumes of a guy who's wearing a black costume fighting pitch black at night with what looks like really bad CGI. It's just, it's impossible to follow. And the, the, the big fight scene that they have in this movie, too much of it is done in the dark. And I just couldn't even see what was going on. It was cutting away too fast. It just, it didn't look great. And there are a few scenes where, uh, of like the outdoor stuff in Wakanda that, that does look fantastic. It's just, I don't feel like they really showed Black Panther off enough in this movie for what he could do. And what they did show, the little amount we see of him as Black Panther in this movie, it just wasn't filmed right. And we, let's be honest, we probably saw more of T'Challa fighting shirtless, which I'm sure Jamie would have loved, and that's why she's disappointed she couldn't see this movie, uh, than we actually see of him as Black Panther. The one thing before I mention that, I just wanted to quickly backtrack slightly, because um, it was funny when you were talking about uh, Fantastic Four and how obviously Michael B. Jordan was uh, the human torch. Uh, I think it's funny how in both recent film adaptations of uh, Fantastic Four that the Human Torch went on to play another character in a Marvel film. Obviously, yeah. Chris Evans was uh, the Torch in the... I actually liked... I've only seen the first one. I haven't seen Rise of the Silver Surfer, but I kind of liked it. It was a cheesy, goofy fun. Uh, and plus it's Julie, good, cheap entertainment. And plus, Julie McMahon was uh, Doctor Doom. So, come on, you'll love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I... The action was interesting because I think kind of... Uh, the one thing that I'm not seeing anyone complaining about, and you just kind of brought it up there, is, like, how much do we see him as Black Panther in this film? The film's called Black Panther, mm-hmm. and I swear there's, like, like, five minutes of him in the suit. Um, yeah. And, like, I didn't know, like, I loved the idea of the suit, and I don't think this is a spoiler. If it is, quickly skip through here, but I love the fact that the suit is, like, what, impenetrable, and it kind of, like, reforms and mm-hmm. absorbs energy, like... That's kind of a cool idea. I mean, add it to the list of how many Marvel characters have this suit that, like, that's kind of comes down to. But I mean, even just the, the origins of how he gets the powers and things like that and how it's not permanent. Like, again, if that's a spoiler, sorry. Like, if you know the origin of, I'm learning this. I didn't know anything about the character of Black Panther. But, um, yeah, I mean, this suit is cool, but which isn't it Iron Man 2 where people complain about that you bet? No, it's Iron Man 3 where he's barely an Iron Man. Like, he's barely in the suit. Yeah. This, to me, was like that. Like, you'd never see him as Black Panther. It was more about mm-hmm. just everything else that was happening around it. And that's kind of going back to my point about the origin of this character. It just wasn't there for me. And, like, yeah, the action, you're right. Like, I mean, I'm thinking, I'm struggling to think of the action scenes in this film. Um, there was rhinos. The rhino stampede. That's yeah. classic. There was a car chase. Um, mm. yeah. Uh, oh, there's all the fights on the waterfall cliff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, about six of those. Like, there's a, there's the other thing is that I know everybody out there is like, oh, this movie looks beautiful. It does, but I feel like there's maybe everything that looks great in this movie is played two or three times too many. Like, we have a you know challenge for the, the the throne or whatever, and you have two shirtless men fighting over a waterfall, and then you have one guy getting buried in red sand, and then you have a hallucination, and then they repeat the process. Like we literally see that whole thing about the challenge, the 
taking in the liquid, the being buried in sand three times in this movie. Like, we don't see Black Panther as much as we see people getting buried in sand in this movie. Sandman. It's, uh, Spider-Man 3. Yeah, I mean, I, I think <laughs> it, it definitely does look beautiful, though, like, with the, you know, the landscape shots and kind of, you know, the African sort of, uh, wilderness and everything. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've not seen Creed, so I can't really comment on, you know, that, what you were mentioning with that. But, um, yeah, just the action was a bit of a letdown for a Marvel movie again. I mean, this is where I think people are kind of just being blinded just by all the sort of things around this film uh, that, you know, make it, quote, groundbreaking. And can we just point out, Marvel has done uh, a black superhero lead in the past, Blade, everybody. Um, yeah. So it's not like this is a first. I know this is the first and in the was, MCU, uh, but... <laughs> in all fairness, that was also almost a pro- predominantly... Black cast, like a lot of the things this movie is being given credit for, Blade did it 20 years ago. Yeah, there was a trilogy. And you may have, yeah, you may have more black actors in this movie than you had in Blade, but that's, in my opinion, part of the problem with this movie is you have too many characters. Uh, I mean, and Blade, especially the first two Blade movies, I mean, those are classic movies that deserve a little bit more respect and credit. Mm, I'm just waiting for Chadwick Boseman not to pay his taxes and go to jail now, but... Um... Yeah. Hello, Wesley Snipes, if you're listening in jail. Um, he's out of jail now, isn't he? I think he's been out for a while, but, uh, good old Wesley. But, um, yeah, I mean, just, is, is this maybe the least action-filled Marvel film out of all 18 of the MCUs? Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing to, um, if we're really comparing this to other Marvel movies, this has less action in it than maybe the original, uh, Thor movie, which I think is the one that had the least, because I remember complaining about the first Thor movie, that you have him with the hammer for five minutes of the movie. Um, the first Thor movie had more action movie, more action than this. I mean, I'd go as far as to say that outside of maybe the remake of Fantastic Four, this may have less action than almost every superhero movie out there. And again, there are good things about this movie. It's just the things that I really want to get out of a superhero movie, like really great action, really great fight scenes... Uh, it just wasn't there for me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And like, you know, we've talked at length about superhero movies now, 15 years ago, and you know, we know what we're going to get from a superhero movie now. Um, but I mean, like, you know, even just bringing up the, the, what, 2003 Fantastic Four or whatever year it was released, it was around then. Um, you know, it's hard to compare them because it, they're, they're different types of films, but, you still want a sort of a level of of action and, and comedy and all this sort of stuff mixed together. And not necessarily comedy. We know that superhero films are not all about that anymore. They've kind of gone to that dark, gritty side. But this is that headline I wanted to allude to before in the introduction. Literally, if you type in uh, Black Panther right now on Google, uh, at least on my side of Google, one of the top headline stories is from Gizmodo Australia. The headline reads, Donald Glover is one of the reasons why Marvel's Black Panther is so funny. Now, there was, like, what? two parts of this film that I found myself <laughs> laughing in. I laughed more in Justice League. I laughed more in Batman v yeah. Superman. And they're often regarded as dull, boring films. You know, Colin and I have defended those movies. We love them. But, like, you know, the DC movies don't necessarily live on humour as much as the Marvel ones do. But I think all the DC movies are probably funnier than Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know where that headline's yeah, coming it's... from. And, and, again, I'm not faulting... Like, I... One of my complaints about the Marvel movies, especially recently, is that they're all too funny. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy made it where every Marvel movie has to just be nonstop my laughs. With Thor. And- that was my problem with Thor Ragnarok, yep. Yeah, and and that's one of the things that, looking back now, I'm not as fond on Spider-Man Homecoming for, as I felt like it was just a little bit of an overload on the comedy. Uh, but, I mean, this is a completely different level. I mean, they're, I-, I counted 
probably about four or five moments in this movie where I heard anybody in the theater. And it was a completely sold-out theater. And it wasn't a sold-out theater of people who were, like, groaning at the movie or disliking it. Like, this seemed to be a bunch of people who were like, oh, yeah, that was a good movie. But maybe four times where I heard maximum three people laughing at any of the jokes. And I, I feel like this movie could have used a little bit more humor. It's not a dark movie. It, it's a it's a very lighthearted movie. But it just it needed, I think, a little bit of humor. Yeah. Um, and not even from the T'Challa character. Like, I like that he's a more serious character because we're kind of transitioning now away from those original Avengers. You know, we, we can't have Thor, Iron Man, Captain America. Uh, we could have the Incredible Hulk forever, but <laughs> those other guys, we can't have them forever. And I feel like that's been the big struggle is, well, are we ever going to find somebody to replace these people? And I feel like with Doctor Strange, we finally got a new Tony Stark, a really charismatic leader um who's you know funny uh charming um sleazy and t'challa at least coming out of civil war and even in this i really feel like he would be the new captain america kind of like the straight man that's just you know he's, he's about doing the right thing and leading people and i like that about the character so i'm not faulting him as a character but the movie itself i mean the captain america movies have way more humor than this and they are like 90 percent political yeah i agree and uh i mean it's it's you don't want it to go the the last jedi route and just be too much um yeah because i mean that didn't fit but at the same time, I felt this needed more. And you just get to expect this. You get to really expect this with a Marvel film. Um, but I think, you know, judging on the balance, there's got to be a fair balance. But I think it's it's mm. easy to say, and sorry, Marvel fanboys, but, uh, you know, Justice League did the balance so much better than Black Panther. Uh, that was funny. It had a good serious tone. Everything about that, uh, I felt, worked a, so, a whole lot better than, than Black Panther on that side of things, and, and maybe on the grand scheme of things, too. Sorry, Black Panther fans, <laughs> but uh, I'm a Justice League fan more so than Black Panther. <laughs> and, and you know what? I think the one thing we really do have to discuss, even though we're not the ones most qualified to discuss this, is that one of the reasons this movie's really um, uh, resonated with people is because it is revolutionary. And that, at least for the audience out there who have been waiting for a movie where they would have not just Abe, like because we had the Falcon and they made a big deal about that in um, Winter Soldier, you know, not just a black superhero, but an entire cast, an entire movie made up of this where they can identify with it. And they did do a good job in this movie of kind of connecting it to the real world with some of the early stuff. We see the 1992 stuff, um, some of the other uh, California stuff that we see in this. It does connect to the real world, I think, where uh, there are people who are just, they're, they're amazed they're seeing something that they can identify with more. And I get that it's revolutionary in that sense. Uh, but in all fairness, I mean, we're not the audience that it's supposed to be uh, revolutionary towards. Uh I can remember when X-Men first came out, how much I, and I can, this is why I understand why some people would be like, I love this movie. Because I can remember when the first X-Men came out, as a Canadian, seeing hmm. a Canadian superhero, where they were making Canadian reference, you were seeing him in Canada, he had a Canadian accent, he was dropping slang that only Canadians really get, not even things that, are, like, people assume we just say, oot and a boot, but like, Things that it's like Canadians are going to get this. And they did that in the X-Men movies, and a lot of Canadians identified with that. Then they ruined it with the first X-Men Origins Wolverine movie, where they just said, no, he's actually from Alaska. Uh, he's really American. But 
I mean, I can understand if you were to make a Captain Canuck movie, which is like the Canadian superhero, a lot of Canadians would be like, I am seeing a Canadian representation of this. Uh, but there have been movies like this. I mean, George Lucas made a movie called Red Tails. Or I guess he produced a movie uh, which probably deserves more credit than it gets, which was an entirely black cast. It was an action movie. Uh, it was, you know, black director, black writers, black crew. And that movie got a lot of praise when it first came out, uh, but it wasn't really seen as revolutionary. And this movie, which I feel is actually less entertaining than Red Tails, is just getting so much more attention. I, I honestly feel like this is going to be an Avatar thing where, you know, I, I'm glad that people, you know, can identify with the movie now. But the good thing that's going to come out of this is we're going to have probably 10 years from now, you know, a dozen new black superheroes out there and i don't think people are going to look back on black panther as like the star wars of their generation they're going to look back on it as the avatar of their generation yeah and i I think you were right before when you said we're not really the audience here that can comment too much on like how it feels and as an australian i mean silly as it sounds like i guess that's crocodile and d for most australians like you know australia's (laughs) been shown out there on a global scale like that you know i mean I know you hate the movie Australia. I think they tried to do that with that, and it obviously failed miserably. Um, I like the movie Australia. But, uh, I mean, you know, I think that's on that side of things. But, you know, I I think that it's it's obviously good that it's kind of... It's getting that level of things and the fact that it is so successful on this level of things. I mean, it's similar to what Wonder Woman did for, you know, the female side of things. We've kind of got this mm-hmm. now on sort of, you know, the, the non-Caucasian, the black side of things, which is great. And I agree. Like, it's great that this is going to set, hopefully, a trend. And I, I just... I would like this to basically, in 10 years' time, where this is not something we have to talk about anymore. Who cares if this is a predominantly yeah. black film or predominantly white, predominantly Mexican, Asian, women, you know, gay, straight, whatever. I, I just, I'd like us to have to remove the labels and we're just here talking about what, well, a, what a great film this is and it doesn't bother anybody what colour, race, gender, anything these people are. It's just a movie. And, and that's one of the things, at least as a Canadian, that... Um, you know, I'm not finding a lot of people here really talking about how revolutionary this is because it's just different. I mean, we don't have big budget movies like this. There's maybe a handful, but Canadian TV, Canadian movies, it's not unusual to see an entire cast of, you know, Indian actors, uh, Chinese actors or anything else. I mean, there's a TV show, a great TV show on uh, TV, which is uh, called Kim's Convenience, which is an all Korean cast, like little things like that. This isn't unusual in Canada, so it's kind of weird for me as a Canadian to see a lot of the reactions, I guess, and I would understand mostly people in America really respond to this movie because they haven't seen this. Um, but for me as a Canadian, I mean, this is just another movie. It's just, uh, we've seen stuff like this before, so it's not as big of a deal here. And I don't don't know if it's how multicultural the, uh, movie or TV industry is in Australia, but I mean, it's all going to depend on where you are as well. And I can, totally see when this movie opened with over 200 million dollars i understood why instantly uh from the american grosses but that's one of the reasons why i think 10 years from now it's not gonna be the same because you know it's not gonna be it's not gonna have the same impact that it has in 2018 look i think we're getting a lot of the the maybe what the americans perspective is here because i saw a lot of articles like you know how the you know the african community in australia are reacting to to black panther and things like that so there, there definitely is that here i think kind of in terms of like our media and tv and film and stuff like that like it's predominantly caucasian i think a lot of people really 
a lot of people talk out against that. I think the difference, you know, say between Australia and Canada, I mean, Australia is perceived as a multicultural country, but I still also think that predominantly the majority and a very large majority of this country is Caucasians. It's something ridiculous, like mm-hmm. 90% or something like that. And I'm not saying that's an excuse for not being multicultural, but it's just generally a reflection. And when we do have sort of these, um, you know, like there's always a big sort of uh, deal when it comes to, you know, an Aboriginal film or there's, you know, TV shows like mm-hmm. Redfern Now and things like that here, which are, you know, groundbreaking for, for Aboriginal media and things like that. Um, and, uh, Jessica Malboy, who's, uh, she was like an Australian Idol singer here, but she's sort of turned her hand at acting. She was in a film, uh, called The Sapphires a few years ago, um, which I think was, I've not seen it, but from what I know of it, it's sort of like about an, an Aboriginal choir group, I want to say, uh, uh, who go off and perform, I think, in like the Vietnam War or something like that. So that was like a very big film here because of, you know, the groundbreaking nature of having these four Indigenous Australians, you know, and all this sort of stuff. So little things like that, they do make a big deal. I know in high school, we watched a film called Rabbit Proof Fence, which is about, uh. Ah, I was about to ask you about that. I yeah, love that movie. Yeah. Well, you, you've seen it, so you know what it's about. But I mean, that was a big deal. Um, so things like that generally will be big things here. So, um, you know, I don't think we're quite at the level uh, as you guys in Canada. Uh, I think maybe we're slightly ahead of America when it comes to, you know, we've been doing films like this for a while. And it's not that America hasn't been producing predominantly African-American films. I think it's more comes down to the fact that it's a, a mainstream, you know, box office, mm-hmm. you know, blockbuster, that this is what they're talking about, a superhero film. Uh, of this level. So, you know, we had that for, for women last year. We've got the, the, the black side of things this year. We'll have a gay one next year. We'll have an Asian one in two years. Like, tick off all the boxes. So in 10 years time, we don't have to label it. It's just normal. That's, that's all it is. Uh, yeah. and that's what I hope one day. Yeah. Um, so let's rank this thing or rate it now. Um, this is such a weird one for me because, uh, I don't know. I'll let you go first. Like, would you buy this rented or bin it? I, I'm just, uh, one thing I want to say, I'm looking here at the, uh, if you go to the Wikipedia page and the list of MCU films, like that you sort it by critical ratings. This is mm-hmm. like Rotten Tomatoes, 97%. This is number yeah. one. Um, according to that, like 97%. Really? Um, yeah, look. I'm not binning it, but I'm not buying it. It's a rent for me. I mean, I wouldn't rush to go and watch this movie anytime soon. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if I'm ever going to do a rewatch of the Marvel movies, I mean, I just did that in the last few months, but it's not one that I'm going to, you know, easily look forward to watching. I mean, I, I ranked all of my 18. Um, I wouldn't put this in the top 10 out of the 18. You know, maybe it's like, 12th, 13th. I don't know. I've got to relook at my list, but it's, it's not one of the worst, but it's not one of the best. It's, it's just a middle of the road Marvel movie for me. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's intriguing that, you know, you and I might be on the same page length here. Cause again, it's so many people I've talked to about this film loved it so much. And just every single critic, re- critics review and everything is just so goddamn positive about this movie. And, I think it's just got a lot more flaws than people are giving it, uh, you know, credit for. So, yeah, I, I'm wrenching it. Uh, yeah, you know, I've talked so much about how I don't think this movie 10 years from now is going to really hold up with this reputation. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I'm feeling like if I were to rewatch this movie, I'd probably enjoy it a lot more. I didn't really enjoy it that much 
when I saw it last night. Um, I wanted so badly to like it. I mean, I was at the point where about a third of the way through the movie, I'm like, I think we've gotten through all the kind of slow stuff, and it's really going to pick up now. And then it was two-thirds of the way through the movie. I'm like, well, some stuff's better, but I really know they're going to deliver like a great climax. And the climax comes, and I'm like, I liked half of it. The other half I didn't like. I liked the stuff without Black Panther a lot more than I liked the stuff with Black Panther. Uh, and I was just, I, I don't know, I found myself just disappointed leaving this. So there have been moments over the last 24 hours where I thought this is a binnable movie, in my opinion. But I've always thought, you know what, I'm still interested in seeing it again. And I'm pretty sure that if I did watch this again, I'd enjoy it a lot more. And I think there is enough in here that I liked that I would still rent this. It's not an extremely strong rent, though. And of the Marvel movies, uh, for me the one that just gets better each time is Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like uh, the benchmark. Then there's the ones that are, are just, I won't even get into because I'm sure we'll rank them. <coughs> oh, sorry. Um, I'm sure we'll rank them before the Avengers comes out or Infinity War comes out. But there's a handful that I just flat out did not like at all. I didn't dislike this movie. But it's going to be on the lower end of ones that I somewhat enjoyed. So uh, kind of a very moderate r rent I'd give this. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because this is... Is this the first Marvel film I've been done had any conversation with you? Except for The Amazing Spider-Man, I guess. Spider-Man. And, and I, yeah. I hadn't seen... I'd seen, what, like two, three Marvel films yeah. at that point. So this is like the first time I've actually been able to really, you know, compare other ones. But, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to when we get to Avengers and maybe going through our rankings because I had fun going through when I was watching them all last year and just, yeah, putting them in order. So, um it's it's interesting and and I mean I have now seen the last three Marvel films at the movies because I did go and eventually see Thor Ragnarok and Rocka Rocka, so um yeah it's uh I'm looking forward to the next one though it's, that's Marvel's that's uh, Avengers time right yeah and then we'll get Ant Man yes! and I think Captain Marvel after that I'm so looking forward to Ant Man and the Wasp because Ant I'm spoiling it now Ant Man's my number one Marvel film I fucking love Ant Man. <laughs> And, uh, Evangeline Lily's getting a more expanded role. She's gonna be in a nice little wasp suit. Um, so. <laughs> She's gonna be in a nice little wasp suit. <laughs> Sorry, just, you know, Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lily. What's not to not like? And, uh, Michael Douglas. Come on! Like, <laughs> boo to those who don't like uh -huh. Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ant-Man's kind of in the middle for me, but again, it might change if I rewatched it, but, I mean, overall, this was, I guess, an enjoyable movie, just not what I expected it to be. Um, we don't have any other big movies coming out of as far as like new reviews that we're going to be talking about. I mean, I know you're not really going to have time to watch anything. Jamie and I are probably going to go see Red Sparrow, which is a new spy movie with Jennifer Lawrence and my favorite actor, Joel Edgerton. Uh, I think that comes out this weekend. Uh, you, you, come on, maybe the greatest Australian actor uh, working today. Hugh Jackman, um, how dare you go against Hugh Jackman? I, I'll take Joel Edgerton over Hugh Jackman. Liam Hemsworth? What about Liam Hemsworth? Oh, what about the other Hemsworth? <laughs> Which one? There's a third one. Did you know that? The third Hemsworth. <laughs> Come on, third Hemsworth. Third Hemsworth. I think that's his name, third Hemsworth. <laughs> um, uh, I've gone blank in his name. Um, he was famous for five minutes in Avatar and Terminator. Samuel Worthington. Samuel Adam Worthington. <laughs> oh, not Sam Worthington. He's the worst Australian. <laughs> but... Uh, no, I'm excited to see that movie, even though I'm sure it's going to be garbage. So we may cover that in the next week or two. But I guess the main thing we're doing right now is our Oscar uh, Best Picture nominee uh, mini-reviews. 
So we are now, I don't know, if you, you'll know, at the time this is going out, are we one or two into that? I think I'm going to put this up at the same time as we just finished our uh, Dunkirk one. So yeah, two in. Um, so go listen to Dunkirk and then go back and listen to whatever that first movie was we talked about. The Post. Which I already forgot. <laughs> the Post, yeah. But we'll cover all the Best Picture nominees um, leading up to the Oscars. So all the TV stuff as usual, but those are the movie ones. And then, uh, are you planning to see Red Sparrow? Uh, I heard about Red Sparrow for the first time the other day when I saw the trailer for it uh, before Black Panther. So, um, no, I mean, look, Jennifer Lawrence gives me the shit sometimes. I like Jennifer Lawrence. <sighs> I I think she's fine. But it's just a lot of the stuff that comes with Jennifer Lawrence that gives me the shit. <laughs> so, uh, I'm not going to rush out and see it. Uh, I mean, probably the next ones I'll be seeing will be Tomb Raider, which I'm hoping we're yeah. still going to be doing that but um outside of that yeah it might be difficult for me to get to cinema before like may and then we're obviously going to have what avengers and han solo and then uh bring on jurassic park so yeah i'm, I'm not exactly rushing out to see a movie about sparrows that are red <laughs> um the big thing starting this week is also survivor which we're hoping we'll have some type of coverage on we won't give it away yet but Maybe a special guest host for the season. Um, you can say Billy Garcia. We did announce that last Billy week. Billy Garcia, <laughs> the herpes of the Oz Network, uh, will be delivering maybe weekly episodes with us, uh, as well as other special guests along the way. But uh, Ben and I, I guess we're, we both, due to other commitments, are going to be taking a step back. But we will have Survivor stuff for everybody who has been asking. Uh, so stay tuned for that as well. And... Uh, um, I don't know. I didn't have an opening line on this one. I'm going to struggle to come up with a closing line. So, m- my name is Colin, and I call these sneakers. <laughs> my name is Ben, and no, this is Kansas. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. <laughs>